When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, the very best time of year to be in Los Angeles, especially sitting next to my friend DeMarco Farr. Unfortunately, we have to leave this city and go to Manhattan for week 17, Rams and Giants. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Oh, poor us. We get to go hang out in New York for New Year's. Darn, this this sucks. <laughs> You're sticking around Times Square, I assume, and flying back by yourself. Wherever we're after going, the ball drops. Where's the limo going? <laughs> yeah, what time is it picking us up? Come but on. Don't you love being in LA right now? These yeah. are my favorite two or three weeks of the entire calendar. Not that I want people to go away, but when people go away or don't go to work or school, at least you can get anywhere in this anywhere. City. Yes, I made it here in like an hour. It was it was great. Yes, I'm with you. I'm so with you and. Where else can you wear shorts on Christmas Day? That too. Yes, love that it too. here. How yeah. was your Christmas? It was awesome. I, I made the biggest mistake of my of my life, JB, as a parent. Uh oh, I, I didn't gave, know we were going here. I gave my eight year old an iPad for Christmas, and we haven't seen her since. Yes, it's interesting you say that. Well, tell me more about that. What is she getting into? Uh, Roblox, I assume you've got the the parental restrictions texting, on there. The FaceTiming her sister, uh, just surfing the net, everything. She's she's off and running. Yeah, that's funny. We didn't give our sons iPads, but an iPad was on my mind because we went up to my folks' house, uh, and my kids love it there. It's like a you know adventure land for them. A lot to do, a lot of people to to play with. Um, but my seven year old was reluctant to go for one very specific reason. He has learned in the past that at grandma and grandpa's house, they're not in the Rams market. And so they don't always get Rams games on Sunday. So he was actually advocating for staying back. Wow. So as not to miss Rams Giants. So all that it. to say, I, I think I got NFL Plus loaded on an iPad yeah. for him such that he'll hopefully be able to watch at least Red Zone, if not our game in its entirety this week. Does he have notes for Coach McVeigh? <laughs> Coaching got, points? He does? Despite my best efforts, he is becoming a problem. Yeah. We now have to print out the NFC standings after the completion of every day's action. So last weekend, that meant thir- after Thursday's game, after Saturday's games, after Sunday's games, oh and God, definitely awesome. after Ravens 49ers. This on, is awesome. On oh, night, I love so. this. I love, I bet he says throw it to Puka. Throw it to Puka. <laughs> no, give it to Kyron. Yeah. yeah. He and his little brother take turns being Puka and Cooper and Demarcus Robinson oh, in the backyard for sure. Yeah. I, I thought of you also while I was celebrating the holiday with my family. And I wanted to tell you, it's, it's totally obscure, but it goes back to training camp. You know how you were talking this summer about the different disposition the Rams brought to training camp because it was no longer the Andrew Whitworth Rams, right? Yeah. It was this young up and coming. We're actually there was going to be a lot of fights. Yes, I remember this. Hit. Yeah, and I remember thinking at the time, like, wouldn't it be funny if one day they just came out and they just they shed all of the the Nike dry fit stuff and they just went true like. 100% cotton, champion. <laughs> old school. Old school, sweat through it, Rams gear. Oh, that would be awesome. And I, I wanted to, I don't know if I ever did back in Irvine, I wanted to talk to you about like, how did you do it? Like, how did you go through two-a-days in 100% cotton? What we thought wow. was like cutting edge athletic apparel. Here's why I'm thinking oh of that. Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, first of all, do you remember those days? Of course I do, yeah. We weren't even thinking about it, but yeah, go ahead. So, I don't know if, if you've ever done this with a, a family member, but like, I've accumulated like a wardrobe that I've just left at my 
parents' house over the years. Ram stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not even Ram stuff. No, I'm talking Just about like stuff stuff. Going, my, my stuff from high school. Oh, yeah, that stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, such that when I go there, I, I seldom pack a bag, especially when I know that we're going to be coming back you with, got with things, right? Yeah, no doubt. So I'm going for a run the other day, just trying to squeeze in like the calorie tie uh, on the holidays. What were you wearing? And I'm, I'm throwing on old stuff from my house and I'm going on this run. I'm like, okay, I know I'm not in great shape right now. I know I'm not bringing right. my best, but why does it feel like I've got weights around my ankles? And it's because I've got old high school gym shorts. Because you do. I've got 100% <laughs> cotton long yes. sleeve on. Yes, I see what you mean. Athletic performance has come a long way. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, I wish I could have had this equipment now back then, but I didn't even think about it. It was hot. It was sweaty. That's just the stuff they gave us. But yeah, at the end of practice, you're like 10 pounds heavier <laughs> and you're dragging it. Oh my God, it was terrible. Yeah, no doubt. That's so funny. I wish we could have throwback day. Wouldn't that be fun? Throwback rules on game day and throwback practice weeks. Why not? I, I guarantee you half of them would quit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they don't know how good they have it no. with, with dry fit and with restrictions on practice and everything. That's else. why I love Wit. Wit's been through both. He gets both sides. He's been through it when it was the way it was and now it, the way it is now. So, totally. yeah, it's crazy. Uh, any takeaways from watching NFL over the weekend? Fun. Taking a step back and not having to worry about the Rams result? It was fun. It was fun. It was fun. Um, you know, the, 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 the Monday night game between the Ravens and the Niners, I thought was fantastic. Um, terrific. And you went in talking about Brock Purdy and you left talking about Lamar Jackson. And in the middle of that, Christian McCaffrey does what McCaffrey does. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's a problem. And it, it, it buoyed me because there's a team that took it to your worst nightmare, your biggest nemesis, the 49ers, and you were toe-to-toe with them in their own stadium. Yeah, so, I mean, whatever you thought about the Rams, whatever we know about the Rams now, they are still getting better. They are still in search of their best game. So watching all that, watching everybody else play, I'm like, yeah, I think the Rams will be a tough out for anybody playing on game. That was a trick question. You were yeah. supposed to answer exclusively related to the New York Giants. Oh, I did. I did. I watched the Giants. I, I, couldn't, I, I, I couldn't stop people from talking, but I was watching the game. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm, I'm like busy. I'm working right now, but I'm at, you know, it's Christmas I, Day, but it was awesome. Though. It was yeah. a reminder to me that as much as we talk about all the skill position players and the takeaways and the Matthew Stafford trenches still win yeah all the time and and I saw a lot of that whether it was Philadelphia finding a way whether it was the Ravens taking it to the 49ers and I'll say this too we experienced those Ravens linebackers firsthand to combat the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan and McCaffrey was a reminder that in two weeks we're not there yet but if and when the Rams get there with some big stakes the linebackers and the safeties but I mean, that's an Ernest Jones game, is it not? Okay, tell me this. At the end of the games on Monday, um, the one thing I did think is anybody in the NFC, whoever draws the Rams, if the Rams get that far, uh, it's it's not a foregone conclusion that no matter what seed they're in, that that game is, is over. The Rams will lose. The Rams could beat just about anybody. But the other thing I had was at the end of that, if you do qualify for the Super Bowl, you get through the NFC, it may be Baltimore you're staring at. Hmm. And not because of their quarterback, because... Because of that defense and those linebackers, they can get to anyone from anywhere at any time. Uh, and was it Mina Kimes that said they have weaponized their linebackers? Man, she is exactly right. They have. They have figured out how to use those two guys to get to you. Haven't the Rams as well, though? I yeah. mean, the way they got after Derek Carr yeah. was linebacker-driven. Okay, I'm so happy you said that because I thought the days of the heavy-legged Bobby Wagner types were, were going by the going the way of the dodo. Um, not true. Um, and Raheem Morris, long conversation. Uh, there's ways to use those guys. Um, you're deficient in pass coverage because they're so big. First and 10, you're great. 
Uh, I talked about that triangle, that diamond, where he lines up, where the running back is, tackle the tackle. Bobby and Ernest Jones are probably the best at it right now. Heavy leg guys come downhill. They, they hit like trucks. And in pass coverage, okay, something to be desired. Well, why drop them back? Send them towards the quarterback then. Yeah. If you've got a little tiny back like New Orleans, you got issues like trying to that. stop that guy. So, yeah, I think this could be a good week for Ernest Jones to really – Step out into the forefront because New York, you know what they're about and what they're going to try to do. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long. Coming up on this edition of Rams All Access, we'll hear from Sean McVay. We'll talk about the hot streak that Matthew Stafford and Kyron Williams are on. We'll even have some New Year's resolutions and, of course, four down territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory. Uh, let's close out our first segment here, though, with some news and notes from the facility. Uh, Puka Nakua, not only now a four time NFL Rookie of the Week, he's also the NFC Offensive Player player of the week so what he did on thursday night stood up through a long weekend of holiday football play why are you covering your ears because he's a rookie <laughs> i almost had to get too big come on now wow but that's amazing that is amazing the guy is a baller he's he's fantastic he is so physical and he's so humble um you know guys talk trash to him they do uh, in the open field, when he catches it outside the numbers and turns it up and takes on these safeties, they get up and they try to look in his face and talk trash. You know what he does? Runs back to the huddle. I, I just I, I just love – how can you not love this kid? I mean, and, and love the fact that maybe – it's funny. Kobe Turner and Puka Nakua will, will outproduce Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. How about that? <laughs> Unbelievable, right? Who know? Who had that coming in? Uh, you're kind of making the transition for yeah. me because in these last few years when Cooper Cup goes on his triple crown tear, now when Puka's doing what he's doing, we have so many comparisons to – first in Rams history, fill in the blank, whether it's catches, yards, touchdowns, whatever. And I've always been appreciative of the fact that we can really lean into those because the Rams had the greatest show on turf. They yeah. had your Super Bowl championship team. And inevitably, you're coming across Isaac and Tory or Crazy Legs. And you can say, okay, well, for some other teams, maybe it's just the volume of passing. It's the way the game's changed. That's why records are falling. Not so much with the Rams because of how many times you see those Hall of Fame names on the list that they're surpassing. And I bring that up here because now we know for the fifth consecutive year, your teammate Tory is a Hall of Fame finalist, along with Reggie Wayne and Andre Johnson in the receiving category. I'll give you one more chance to kind of make the case for why he deserves to complete the puzzle with that greatest show on turf Hall of Fame. Well, class. don't lock him in to the greatest show on turf. And this is one thing that he likes to get across. It wasn't just Kurt Warner throwing to him. He had Mark Bulger. He had a list of different That's quarterbacks good. that I were like doing that. it beyond him, right? And the production kept coming. Uh, when Whenever Torrey lined up, you can guarantee one thing. It's going to be 100 yards or 1,000-yard seasons, and he's going to hit the box at least 10 times. Uh, terrific. No one's had the first 10 years like him. Um, so, yes, coming in with Isaac Bruce, who I always say this, was my Michael Jordan. I have never seen a guy work harder than him and be more dedicated to the game than Isaac Bruce. And then to come in and watch a rookie not only chase him down, but push him, mm. which is what I'm seeing out of Kobe Turner. Uh, it's great when you have a guy that's taking advantage of the attention that Aaron sees, but a guy that's actually pushing him, yeah, that's rare. So that's the same with Tory. So if you're pushing and then surpassing one of the greatest players I've ever seen, Isaac's in the Hall of Fame, then how is Tory Holt not in the Hall of Fame with him? Did that team played with one football, too? Yes. Okay. And they shared it a lot. All so right. there's Marshall, there's Orlando, there's Kurt, there's Isaac. I think he gets caught up in the greatest show on turf. It was a system. Yeah, the system was made up of those guys, and he was a big part of it. So get past it. Look at the man just at his numbers and what he did. And 
Put him where he belongs. Immortalize forever in Canton. All right, we'll pause here, but let's pick up that Hall of Fame conversation with someone who's making a stronger case week after week after week. That would be Matthew Stafford going to New York to lead the Rams, hopefully to a playoff berth, potentially as soon as this weekend. We'll hear from Stafford next and talk about the clinching scenarios on 710 ESPN. Yeah, I mean, obviously really physically talented. They've got a bunch of good players, really kind of all levels. Again, you know, D-line's talented. You know, second level's talented. Guys in the back end are, you know, first-round picks, guys that can run, do all the stuff that you'd want to do from those guys. So, and, and you know, as challenging as a coordinator as there is to go against in Wink, so he's, uh, you know, I got a lot of respect for him and, and what he's done, uh, you know, throughout his career, calling plays on defense. So it's a, it's a big challenge for us. We know that going on the road to their place. Um, they're playing good football right now, and, and uh, it'll be a big challenge for us. Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford looking to week 17 and the New York Giants defense, which has been opportunistic, if nothing else, back on Rams All Access with DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long. A little bit of context, a little bit of perspective on the way that Stafford has been playing, especially after you saw the weekend of NFL games over the holiday. You know, why isn't he in the the MVP conversation? I think he's there. In fact, this week's opposing defensive coordinator, the legend Wink Martindale, yeah. says it should be between him and Lamar Jackson, that Matthew Stafford, to your previous point, is playing at a Hall of Fame level. I 100% agree. Thank you, Wink Martindale. And that's the thing that drove me nuts more than people talking to me while football was on. That's something new. It was Christmas, a lot of people, and there's football on, and the Giants were on, right? So I'm actually turned on work mode. But people keep talking to me. Hey, Daddy, look at this. Hey, can you open this? Hey, I'm watching the game. But the other thing was, why aren't we talking more about Matthew Stafford as far as MVP is concerned? Uh, If you look at him since the bye, he has been on on a tear. What is it? 15 and two since the buy 15 touchdowns, two picks. That's amazing. And none of those picks in his last four games. None. And, and look, he's been unleashing some throws that I don't know how many guys in the history of this game can complete or at least even attempt. He's been out absolutely outstanding. So he's the reason that this team is even in contention and in the hunt right now. Make no mistake about it. So uh, I think you have to keep winning if you Matthew Stafford and to me, there's no other way for him to get recognition than the hard way. It's never come easy for him, so this will not be an easy season. He should be so used to this coming out of Detroit that uh, it, it's old hat for him at this point. As well as he's been protecting the football, this week's matchup is intriguing to me because 16 of the Giants' 24 takeaways this season have come since Week 10. So just as Matthew Stafford's turned it on in the back half of the schedule. Seemingly so has this Giants defense. So those two trends collide at MetLife this weekend. This will be fun. When did we have that conversation when uh, when when you had the in our game, the losers uh, with, with Kyron, Kyron Williams and the uh, rush attempts? Was that Cleveland? That was Cleveland. And that was uh, you said it was going to be Matthew Stafford Day versus Cleveland. And I said, no, it was going to be Kyron Day. Kind of, right? That was the crux yeah. of it. Okay. No, no, that was Washington. Was that Washington, the commanders? Okay, so I think this week could be your Matthew Stafford day because the New York Giants struggle to rush the passer he may have all day to throw he may have a pick let me go from one to four back to one again so this could be the opportunity for him to get on the map big time. Now, why is that? Because they have our friend Sean Robinson. They have Dexter Lawrence. Yeah. They have Kayvon Thibodeau. Why, why? They blitz like crazy. They, they got do. after Jalen Hurts. They do. Not a ton of sacks. Thibodeau's a problem. I think I started the day saying Thibodeau's a problem. He's got 11 and a half sacks. Lawrence is hurt. Right. Ashawn has never been a pass rush specialist. He's kind of a guy you pay to hold ground, not mm-hmm. to gain ground. So they're going to have trouble getting to you rushing with just four. 
Sean McVay is a master. If you want to pressure, I'll, I'll make you die faster that way. Think Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua on these little digs with Matthew Stafford throwing the football. So you're going to have to match up with them. You're going to have to play coverage and let your front four get, try to get to Matthew Stafford. The O-line's playing great. They can't rush the passer. This could be the day where Matthew Stafford goes completely bonkers in New York. And yet, Philadelphia ran the ball at will against the Giants. Nearly five yards per carry, gained 170. Now, I know they're built differently. But the way Kyron Williams and this rushing attack is going, you could also win that way. And that's... You can do both. That's what's great right now about this Sean McVay offense yeah. is it's married together in a way we haven't seen it since pick your year, 17, 18, yeah, yeah. at the peak of the Todd Gurley years. Um, and I think that's why they've been the best offense in the National Football League over the last five weeks. Oh, hands down. Um, just watching New York, I, I went all the way back to September and watched them versus San Francisco. And uh, I don't know how I got on it. Christian McCaffrey, it was one of the games where he was held to under 100 yards. Hmm. So I'm thinking New York did something against him. Well, not the case. 85 is all he needed. 85 on the touchdown, and Brock Purdy threw for for 310. So similar game plan. So Kyron Williams, and I know Maurice is sitting here looking at me right now. Sometimes running backs, they are the focal point, but sometimes you can be the biggest decoy possible. We need you to get the tough yards. Why? To get them to co- to collapse on you. Why? So we can throw the ball outside. I the think numbers. those tough yards, yeah. like that's the that's the secret sauce, man. Big time. Two things. Early downs, avoiding negatives. Yep. Right. Just getting into second and six or less avoiding the negatives and then when you have to run and the defense knows you're going to run let's face it they've had trouble closing out some games these last couple of weeks but they've been able to because of those tough hidden yards no doubt um and that's one of the things when i'm standing there and by the way i've been trying to get a lark jackson like post-game interview since the season started. You and me both, my friend. But he is so smart. He's so dodging me. He knows when you guys start talking to McVeigh, I'm standing there like listening. So he gets dressed and walks right by me. <laughs> so this time I'm going to cut him off. But no, they, they've been doing great. But those tough yards, Kyron Williams, the way he's running, the way this offensive line has been challenging guys. I mean, man up, pushing people off the line of scrimmage. All this does is open you up for a Matthew Stafford passing attack. And I think you may start to see this in New York. Like when we talk about MVP and all this stuff filters down and finishing ball games and not talking about Matthew Stafford, you know, he hears everything. The guy, he plays it cool. He plays it calm. He's that guy. He's the homecoming king. But inside, it fuels him. He wants to be that guy. So I think you might see that this weekend. With Marco Farr, J.B. Long, a Week 17 edition of Rams All Access here on 710 ESPN. Before we get too deep into this hour, I think we have to flip sides and talk about the opposing quarterback. Mm-hmm. What was your emotional feeling when you saw the Giants were going to bench Tommy Cutlets and go to Tyrod. Hot. That was mad. It It makes this week harder, doesn't it? Yeah, of course, man. I mean, why? Why do the Rams get Tyrod Taylor? Who Who are the Broncos starting this week? Stidham? Is that his name? Jared Stidham. Yeah, Stidham. Why couldn't you get that guy? Why do we have to get Tyrod Taylor, a guy who's actually playing for something? I know New York is out of it, and you know human nature sets in. You got two more games, and you're on vacation. But Tyrod Taylor is playing to play next year. So he needs audition tape, which means if he beats the Rams, he's on the map again, which means he ain't going to stay in the pocket. And I can't stand these mobile guys. So outside of Saquon Barkley, you put that little added element, it makes it that much tougher for the Rams defense. Especially because the narrative for the Giants offensively is that they can't throw deep. Their offensive line hasn't been good enough to throw deep. And then guess what? Taylor gets in there and just debunks that theory in one half of football. He gets a 69-yard touchdown to Darius Slayton. Next thing you know, he's taking the top off 
an opposing defense again and exploding exploiting some of Philadelphia's deficiencies. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Monday afternoon, Monday night, whenever that was, the Rams week got tougher, I think. Yeah. Uh, how do you can I say this? Let me look at Maurice when I say this. A right handed Michael Vick light. Is that fair? <laughs> Same school, right? I Maurice mean, is sitting in studio with us off mic here, shaking yeah. his head. He's got a whip. The guy can throw it down the field. I mean, he just makes it, you know, problematic for any defense. But, you know, this offense is going through one guy. It's it's Saquon Barkley. And I mean, that's why I said it's going to be an Ernest Jones type day. Really? I mean, this is where you're going to have to go nose to nose with a big running back. And if you blitz, this is a guy that can actually stone you. He's big. So this is this will be a fun week for that defense, especially him. All right, coming up next, we'll go inside opponent's territory for four-down territory. And then when we finish the show here on Rams All Access, I've got some New Year's resolutions. I think you do as well. And we'll get some keys to victory. The Rams above 500 for the first time since flying home from Seattle in week one at 1-0. Oh, first, can't go to commercial without mentioning the clinching scenarios. I think our audience knows them by now. Go ahead. But we haven't talked about it. I like hearing them. First thing, most importantly, Rams win. Rams win plus a Pittsburgh upset of Seattle, and they're in. Where's the game? I'm sorry. Lumen Field, Seattle. Nice. So rooting for the Steelers this week, or this is a less likely scenario, but a tie between Green Bay and Minnesota. The point there is the Rams need a win and either a Seattle loss or losses by the Vikings and Packers. That can't happen this week because they play head-to-head. A tie will accomplish the same feat. But that's what they need in these final two weeks. But why not get to 10? and win both your final two and go into the playoffs red hot and not need to ask anyone else for help. All right, four down territory is next, followed by New Year's resolutions and keys to week 17. Glad you're with us tonight on 710 ESPN. All right, welcome back to Rams All Access. It's week 17, and the Rams are off to New York City to take on the Giants. DeMarco Farr will rejoin us momentarily. I'm J.B. Long, and it's time for Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. Uh, Great to have my colleague on Westwood One, Lance Meadow, with us. He's also part of the Giants broadcast team. Lance, hope you had a wonderful holiday. Thanks for stopping by for a few questions about Rams and Giants. Absolutely. Well, it's a pleasure speaking with you, JB. It's always fun to go back and forth. I'm looking forward to this Sunday's game. The teams are in opposite ends of the spectrum, but it's always spicing things up here late in the season, no matter where teams sit in the standings. Yeah, but you saw the effort on Christmas Day in Philadelphia. I know the Eagles have had the better of the Giants lately, and yet there was a fourth quarter rally to be had, in part because of the change at quarterback. So color me disappointed. I won't get to see Tommy Cutlets at least to start this weekend. Is that where we are with the Giants quarterback position? Yeah, the Giants made an announcement this week. They're going to stick with Tyrod Taylor, who you alluded to, replace Tommy DeVito in the second half. Brian Dable was looking for a spark. And Tommy provided that. In fairness to him, he started four games, highlighted by the three-game winning streak. But against New Orleans, a team that coincidentally the Rams just played, they only scored six points in the entire game, and the six came in the first half. And then you add the two quarters against the Eagles. They were one for eight on third down, only a field goal. He just felt against a team like Philadelphia, JB, who the Giants have struggled with immensely over the last decade, that – They needed a bit of a veteran presence. And to Tyrod Taylor's credit, he threw a 70-yard bomb to Darius Slayton. He helped orchestrate another drive that they capitalized off a short field as the Eagles muffed a kickoff. 
right, to start the second half. And I think they were rewarded as a result of that change. Here's the bottom line. Whether it's Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, or Tommy DeVito, this offense has struggled. They're 31st in the NFL. They're averaging just over 14 points per game. So I don't want to come off and make it sound as if there's a big difference between Tyrod Taylor at the controls versus Tommy DeVito at the controls. But I think at this point in the season, where they are, as they're looking to finish strong, it's understandable that the team is experimenting and trying to see which quarterback gives them the best chance to not just necessarily win, but compete. And Tyrod is the polished pro. He's proven that with all of his stops over his NFL career, that I don't think this is a surprise based on his second half performance, that they're going to at least try to ride with him in the immediate future. Giants host Lance Meadow is with us for Four Down Territory here on Rams All Access. It's our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. That element of competing there, Lance, I want to dig into that a little bit more. This is an intangible. I I get that it's tough to kind of put your finger on. But what are the Giants playing for? And I mean this in the sense that they could be swimming in some quarterback waters based on where they are in this draft projection. They're between games against their rival Philadelphia Eagles, who have dominated them under this coaching staff and even going back further. So what kind of spirit and temperament do you expect the Giants to have back home against the Rams this weekend? Well, you alluded to it based on your first question where you pointed out the second half against the Eagles and the fact that the game came down to a last-second possession. Tyrod Taylor was intercepted in the end zone. But they were competitive with the Eagles, JB, for the first time in a long time. Philadelphia has won 11 in a row against the Giants in Philadelphia, including the playoffs. And they met three times last season, and all three games were lopsided for the most part. So I don't know if this team, to answer your question, needs motivation. I think they're young There's not a lot of experience. They've had turnover on the roster. They've had a lot of turnover on the coaching staff over the last few years. And I think everybody within the organization understands that, that guys are competing for their jobs. So when you have that alone at the forefront, I don't know if you need other crumbs or you need to play for pride or Brian Dable needs to give them a pep talk where he says, well, the Rams are trying to solidify a wild card spot, so let's go out and play spoiler. I think there's youth on this team that most of these players don't know any different, and they understand that tomorrow your roster spot can be taken away from you. So that alone has been hovering over them, given the fact that mathematically they've been in a very tough spot for the majority of the season because of the struggles earlier in the year. Then the second phase of things is the uncertainty at quarterback that you hit on. All three players, and Daniel Jones is sidelined. Tommy DeVito was an undrafted rookie, so he knows he can't take anything for granted. And Tyrod Taylor has been in this position year in and year out where he starts, he gets hurt, he has his opportunity taken away from him, and he's on an expiring contract, J.B. So he's not just playing for an opportunity with the Giants next season. He's still looking to prove if another team wants to bring him in that he can still perform at a high level. So I think there's a lot of factors in play here. And as far as the draft status is concerned, I always say this, and you can attest this from covering the NFL and covering the Rams specifically. There is no player in the league that is caught up in where his team is going to draft the following season. People love to say that. They love to bring the tanking aspect into play. The bottom line is 
these players don't know if they're going to even be on the roster next season. So when you take that into consideration and the other facets, I don't think they need extra motivation. I think this young team has proven they're going to play hard. Whether the results follow that is a whole other thing. But I have never questioned the effort of this team, even going back to the early stages of the season. Yeah, well said. The, the flip side of the coin, nothing to play for, is also having nothing to lose. And I think that makes Tyrod Taylor and sure. the Giants dangerous this week. I have two questions on the defensive side of the football. I'll start with the takeaways. They look prolific, especially since the midway point of the season on paper. Have those been Giants generating those takeaways, or has it been a result of inept play on the other side of the football? I'm thinking about you know, Sam Howell in Washington in particular, which was a six turnover game? It's a great question. I would say it's a combination of both because like you pointed out, you have to take into consideration the caliber of the competition. Because if you look at the Giants record, they have capitalized against teams that are in the same vicinity of them, such as the Commanders, the Patriots, the Packers. And what do those three teams have in common? All young, unproven quarterbacks. Although Jordan Love was playing really good football coming into that game. So that's one side of the equation. But in fairness and credit to Wink Martindale's defense, JB, they have been opportunistic because they also done a really good job creating those takeaways. Bobby Okereke, who was probably one of the best additions for the Giants this offseason at linebacker, He's cut from the same cloth as Charles Peanut Tillman, if you remember from the Chicago Bears, where he just has a knack for knocking the ball out of the opponent's hands. Xavier McKinney, the Giants' safety, also very talented in that department. So I want to give the Giants' defense credit. They have created some of these opportunities, but a lot of it has also come from Dexter Lawrence, Tavon Thibodeau getting pressure on younger guys like Sam Howell, who are not nearly as experienced. They try to press the envelope, probably should take the sack, throw the ball away, and instead they throw it into double coverage. He made one throw, Howell in particular. Isaiah Simmons, the jack-of-all-trades defensive player, had a pick six very late in that game. Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi played against the Patriots. They benched Jones at halftime. Belichick went with Zappi, and it was Mac Jones who's had his fair share of problems with interceptions. And Jordan Love rallied the troops late in that game, but he lost the fumble because he tried to get extra yardage on a run. And then another one was an interception where the Giants got a hand on the football. So as I just laid out, you can pin it on a variety of different factors. But here's the one thing I will say, and I'll bring the Dallas Cowboys into the equation because Dallas, coincidentally, in the NFC East has been so good at takeaways. And I would say, JB, that's a staple of Dan Quinn's system, meaning they teach it. It's a principle. It's built in. Wink does emphasize that. And I think that have they been at a higher level than last season? Certainly. But there's been an emphasis on not just getting to the quarterback, but getting your hands on the ball to create deflections for teammates. And that's why I think it's built in as a staple now of what this scheme calls for. Lance Meadow is our guest, Giants host. Final question here on Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory on Rams All Access. You mentioned Wink Martindale a couple of times there. He's someone that I've always had great admiration for, and I saw what he did to Jalen Hurts last week. He blitzed him on 63% of the Eagles' pass plays. As you sit down with Wink and he gives you his defensive game plan, as I know he does every Thursday, um, is that something that was unique to Hurts and the Eagles? Is that something that Matthew Stafford and the Rams should expect a dose of this weekend? 
Well, Wink sits down with me every single week, JB. Let's not paint hyperbole here on this program. I mean, clearly, he gives away all his secrets to me. I'm the biggest (laughs) priority. But in all seriousness, Wink, I always joke, this man loves to blitz so much, he'll blitz in his sleep and in his dreams if he could come up with some different simulations of football. I mean, that's his M.O., to answer your question. So I don't think it was unique to Jalen Hurts. He actually had a very interesting alignment against the Eagles, which they called the dice alignment, where he was lining up Dexter Lawrence off the line of scrimmage and hiding him between other defenders so that Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offensive line couldn't see him. So who knows what he's going to have up his sleeve for Matthew Stafford. But I think it goes back to you asking me about the takeaways. I think the Giants have had success against younger, inexperienced quarterbacks, but when they went up against Derek Carr a few weeks ago, Derek Carr had his best performance, and Matthew Stafford is in the same boat as Derek Carr in terms of experience, meaning at this point, what has Matthew Stafford not seen? So I think Wink is aware of that, where I don't know if he's going to be as ultra-aggressive against him as he would against a younger quarterback, but there's no doubt about it. Wink is going to bring the heat. He's not going to lay it all out. The way he has alignments earlier in the game are going to be different in terms of what he presents later in the game. But it's all based on whether or not, JB, the Giants can get hits on Stafford. Can they make him uncomfortable? Because when they can't do that, this young secondary has had trouble. And that's what happened with Derek Carr. They could not touch Derek Carr. And Derek Carr had three touchdowns. He got big chunk plays. Whereas when they affect the quarterback, This is a very different outlook for this defense. So it's all going to be dependent in Sunday's matchup. If you start seeing quarterback hits on Matthew Stafford and they get hands on the ball, that's when the Giants defense can get very aggressive. If Stafford has a few extra seconds to sit back, spread the wealth, this could be a very long afternoon for Wink. Wink's unit and that entire Giants defense. And we're talking about the Giants defensive coordinator who, speaking of Stafford, just today said that Matthew is playing at a Hall of Fame level and thinks that he and Lamar Jackson should be the ones up for the NFL's MVP award. Always good to put that out there in the press clippings before you face someone of Matthew <laughs> Stafford's caliber. Uh, Lance Meadow joining us. Looking forward to catching up with you on Sunday in the Meadowlands Week 17, Rams and Giants. Lance, have a good rest of your holiday week. Thank you for some of your time. You as well, JB. Thanks so much for having me on. Enjoyed it. All right. Final segment with DeMarco Farr coming up after this on 710 ESPN. Let's just continue to take steps in the right direction. You know, I love the way that these guys have come in. And I like the consistency that I've seen throughout the course of the year. But I think we've really started to play better football, more quality football, more complimentary. You know, I like what we've done and um, being able to kind of just play off one another defensively and offensively. Some things that we can always improve upon in all three phases. But um, it's the consistent approach. And you've heard me say, before Sarah I think that's the truest measurement of performance and you know let's see if we can you know come back have a really good week you know we'll we'll be able to get more practice time in than what we've been able to based on this time of the year and then having a few days off and so expect these guys to be firing on all cylinders and have their best week yet. Rams head coach Sean McVay as we welcome back to Rams All Access Week 17 takes Los Angeles to New York where they've had some fond memories under this coaching staff looking for another against the Giants who are now out of NFC contention. Back with DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long. I think this uh, mini buy is going to serve the Rams well. Yeah. You hate to have Thursday night football so deep in the year, but when you get it at home, when you win it, all of a sudden it becomes this like buoyant, uplifting force that I think is really going to help the likes of of Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford and his thumb, Aaron Donald, who's been on a pitch count, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the guy I thought about was like 
Tyler Higby. Him too. Yeah, pack him in ice like you do on the docks with fresh fish, and just you're you're not allowed to move. Rob Havenstein too, but everybody's Rob got ailments. Havenstein, that's a good one. Everybody's got ailments. I mean, this it's it's a mini bye week, so you get off your feet, you get a chance to rest, and just you know recharge your mind, re- reset yourself, and then get back to football. That's the toughest thing when you do get on vacation. After about three days, you start forgetting. Hey, this is still work mode, and that Wednesday Thursday practice is a little tougher than it should be. Interesting. I was going to go New Year's resolutions here, but you lead me actually to my key to the game. So you want to just do some keys to victory here? We'll finish with New Year's resolutions for a New Year's Eve showdown between the Rams and the Giants. Uh, Mine... My thought this week is, is how do you handle success? And I want to take you back in time. Remember week nine, 2017, the Rams had gotten off to a nice start under Sean McVay. They had one in London, right? If memory serves. Oh yeah. They'd beaten the Cardinals. Yeah. They're five and two. Everyone knew, okay, these Rams are different. Like they've turned a page. Right. But how would they handle flying home and reading a week's worth of extra press clippings, telling them that they've turned it around and then have to take the flight back to New York to face the Giants in the early window? And they absolutely beat the brakes off the Giants that day. 51-17. Was that the third and 33? Yeah. Oh, my God. Robert Robert Woods. Robert Woods to the house. Yes. That's when I just stared at Sean. You got to be kidding me, right, Ralph? But (laughs) I I thought that when that's when. I knew it was real, that it was more than just a good start, that it was the start of a new era is probably how I would phrase it. And it's different, but it's similar this week in terms of it's been a long time since the Rams have been above 500, since week one, as we said. Now they've had these extra nine days and they're the toast of the town. They're everyone's pick as like a dark horse NFC playoff team that can do more than get in but do damage. I think this is a different group. It's a more mature, accomplished group, even Mm -hmm. though it's got a young underclass. But I, I think how they handle success in this long layoff is also a factor in terms of what mindset do they bring to the Meadowlands? What, uh, 100%. And how many trap games have they fallen into? <laughs> this I, season? Yeah, I, Baltimore blew them out. They had a, a stinker in Dallas this year. Um, but So they've lost big, but just trap games where they went up and they just weren't ready to play against... Well, quote unquote inferior. I'll give opponent. you one and a half. Go ahead. Uh, and and Dallas and, and Green Bay back to back are those games for me. I this think year, the reason why they're yeah. in it is because they've given professional efforts, even with a lot of players playing in this league for the first time. Yeah. Dallas, I still think that game is different when you sack Dak three times in the opening drive if that illegal contact isn't flagged. True. I think it's a different game, but hey, they got you. Right. And then the next week, you played with a quarterback who. Could that wasn't not, wasn't could not run your off. So right, You're right, right. I mean, maybe a half a game each, one total. But okay, but I mean, not like not been prepared for the moment. That's like what, you left your best game in L.A. and you had to fly someplace else. That has not been a part of the Sean McVay era. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I think that's the reason yeah. why they've had the success that they've had. Now you, get, you don't get a Super Bowl out of that, but you do get in the dance quite a bit because. You bring your best effort more Sundays than not. No doubt. Uh, that is part of the culture. I mean, it's uh, an excuse-free culture, zone, ecosystem, like he likes to say. I mean, really. I mean, traveling, going to London, uh, they fixed that. Uh, playing in the early window has been a problem this year, but usually they've been pretty sound in that. Playing late, they've been pretty sound in that. So uh, whatever the the challenges, wherever the game is and how you have to get to it, they're prepared for it. They have a plan for it. Everybody, not just the coaching staff and players, the trainers, everyone, they always have a plan and they're ready to play. So, uh, And I think that speaks to Sean McVay as a leader and a, as a head coach. So yeah, I don't think playing down to your competition in New York is going to be an issue. Now, New York playing up to their competition, that's always an issue. Um, it's always fun at the end of the year when you're going nowhere to play spoiler, to knock a team out. And knowing that they're moving on and 
this team has something else to worry about and all you're worried about is just messing you up that day and you're at home too, that gives you a little bit of a lift. But I'm not worried ever about a Sean McVay squad underestimating any opponent. Short week for the Giants, having just played on Monday afternoon on the road in Philadelphia. You want to throw me a key before we move on? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we talked about it earlier, and I think this could be, like I said, I, I'm smelling a Stafford-type performance because with each week that goes by, and we just mentioned this bye week, it's also good for Matthew Stafford and that thumb. Yes. He's still wearing tape on it during the game last time we saw him he was yeah so i mean a day off for him means a a day of extra rest for that thumb which means he may be feeling the best he's felt in a long time in new york which means you could call whatever you want and the ball can get down the field so uh my key to him is running the football with kyron and always protecting matthew stafford and new york they struggle to rush the passer with just four anyway, so be letter perfect in pass protection. Keep him upright. You'll score 30 points. I don't care how good he's feeling. He better keep that tape on the thumb. You think so? He better play the rest of his career with that tape on his thumb. It's rare when you, you can see reduce a it down. It it's, could just be dressing. But it's rare for me to see a quarterback actually tell you what's wrong. Usually they try to Fair. hide it. The guy doesn't care. I yeah. love this dude. Yeah. Um, are you a New Year's resolutions person? I am, big time. Um, I usually keep them at least through June. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I give them six months. Yeah, if I if, if if I can go on through six months, then so be it. But at least six months. Yeah, you? I, I won't ask you for your personal ones, but yeah. I'm curious to see if you have any for the Los Angeles Rams as they play this final game of the calendar year I do. at New York. Um, I will never, ever, ever in my life again poo-poo fifth-round receiver. <laughs> ever. When I see fifth-round receiver, I give that guy the same respect as the first pick in the draft because of Puka Nakua. Yeah, I mean, look, when you discount a guy from where he's drafted or you listen to all these these draft nicks mm-hmm. and they tell you what the guy can't do, just wait until he gets to camp first and see with your own eyes. Yeah, believe half of what you read and half, what is it, half of what you see and more of what you read, whatever. Until you see the guy in front of you, then when it says fifth round receiver, the guy can actually play. There's my resol- resolution. One and only? You got anything else? Uh, I'm not know, digging for more. I'm just curious. What I else? got one, but I'll save it. Um, okay. yeah, Raheem Morris is a head coach. Yeah. I'm resolved to say that now. Don't say that. Spend that right he here. He's a head coach. Yeah, he just he's in search of a team. There, how about that? I'm with yeah. you. Uh, I hope the Rams have saved their best special teams for last. Yeah. I hope they can clutch up in the new year because I think they will go as far as their kicking game can take them. And I know it hasn't been great, but hopefully their best days are ahead of them. Um, I think closing games with a killer instinct is something mm. that's flared up a little bit. It's mm-hmm. nice to have multi-score advantages these last couple of weeks but i would like it if this trip to the meadowlands didn't end in an onside kick recovery or a bat out of bounds if it just ended in a takeaway yeah you know a turnover on downs victory formation those types of things um the rams are also long overdue for a defensive touchdown wow how about that how about a defensive touchdown before the year is through the last one was you remember I'm trying to think i can't remember christmas day against was- the denver broncos maybe the kobe turner has it been over or not a year? Kobe, Turner, Kobe Durant pick six? Wait, we don't count safeties? That's scoring on I'll defense? Give, I'll give you a defensive score, yeah. but a defensive you mean touchdown. touchdown. Okay. They're on the short right. list of teams that don't have one yet. Okay, let's pick. Wait a minute. Uh, it's going to be Jordan Fuller. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be Jordan Fuller. How about that? I'm sticking with Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. <laughs> the one thing he doesn't have in yeah. his Hall of Fame career is a, a touchdown. touchdown? Okay. I'm waiting for it. it. Well, they should line him up in the backfield then. Uh, by the way, last bit of housekeeping. I am officially ejecting the San Francisco 49ers from my playoff eliminator contest. I had to draft them last week to settle a score between you and me, but uh, didn't want this show to go by without saying they are 
bounced. Where's my challenge flag? So technically, I already won the game. Nah, See, that's not not even technically. Once your team, not even it, theoretically. Once your the team you picked is in the playoffs, you lose. You had to pick San Francisco. Don't they clinched? Don't I make, won. Don't make me bring the arbiter Adam Bronstein back from behind the glass. Um, safe trip to New York. I will meet you there. All right. And it's week seventeen. Rams and Giants right here on seven ten ESPN. Have a great rest of your holiday week.